You're listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi, everyone. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this day. It's Friday, the end of the working week. Uh, we'll start with the Australian share market, which did rise 0.3%, 7,307 points. For more, I spoke earlier with Jessica Amir from Saxo Markets. Well, two things, quite simply, better than expected earnings, plus we've got Aussie bond yields falling from fresh highs, so that's boosted sentiment, but we're not really out of the woods because the RBA is still hiking interest rates and the bond yield, the Australian 10-year bond yield is at 3.84%, and that's better than the average Aussie share market's yield. On those rates, Westpac today lifted its call for a peak in rates from 3.85% to 4.1%, joining the likes of ANZ economists and NAB. So it seems like more and more people are now thinking rates will be higher than first thought. So what's the market thinking? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, sure, uh, we've got the markets implying a peak interest rate of 4.2%. But if we have a look a couple of days ago or even at the beginning of the week, the market was pricing at a peak interest rate of 4.3%. So things are cooling and that's because we had softer than expected wage and construction data and that essentially will enable the RBA to not be so aggressive. That's pretty much it. Uh, Brambles and Block are some of the top movers today. Why? Well, we actually did have one that was even a better performer, and that was uh, Pilbara Minerals. So Pilbara Minerals, Australia's biggest lithium company, uh, they reported a massive uh, net profit of $1.2 billion, and they declared their first ever uh, dividend um, because they're saying lithium demand is not really slowing down. They see stronger lithium demand ahead. But if we think about Brambles, uh, the pallet business, not many people know pallets uh, as being a profitable business, but they upgraded their profit guidance. They're expecting profits to be as high as 18% profit growth. That was more than the market was looking for. And they said that their US and UK businesses are turning around. And then Block, um, formerly known as Square, uh, it's the owner of Afterpay. They see that uh, firstly, Afterpay has had a turnaround and business is stronger for Afterpay this year, but also they make the majority of their money from Bitcoin and Bitcoin revenue is now making their business more money. Bottom line is they're making more money than expected. We're coming up to the end of reporting season, a few stragglers next week. What did you make of it? Well, unlike the US, uh, the Aussie share market has pretty much delivered the goods It was not really a gonger, but still, um, so far, earnings are up 10%. That's the aggregate S&P ASX 200 earnings. So we're up 10%, and that's good. We did have some diamonds, I guess. Uh, So we had energy companies really delivering the goods. Their earnings were up on average 199%, which is just extraordinary. Staples also did better than expected. Um, But the crux, the takeaway is that, energy companies will probably still be a a perler, I guess, for this year. And finally, in this rising interest rate and inflationary environment, where do you see the opportunities for investors? Well, two areas, Ricardo. Firstly, commodities. We're very bullish on commodities. The commodities that we like uh, are those that will benefit from the EV and the green transformation. So aluminium, copper and lithium. So think about the basics. All of those three metals, there is a lack of supply. The average electric vehicle needs 250 kgs 
of aluminium, just extraordinary, about 83 kilograms of copper and 10 kilograms of lithium. So just extraordinary. The second area that we think that investors will get really good returns from is the travel the reopening uh, economy sector that's benefiting from China's economy reopening and lots of these companies are upgrading their earnings. So think of flight center, corporate travel management, even the car dealership company, Eagers, that um, distributes, you know, na names that we all know, Ford, um, also Toyota, etc. They're basically saying there aren't enough cars to sell to keep up with demand. So that'll support their share price. Jessica Ramir there from Saxo Markets. Let's now go to the gender pay gap, which has narrowed from 14.1% to 13.3%. That is the lowest on record, but it still means for every $1 that men make, women make 87 cents. For more, I spoke earlier with Workplace Gender Equality Agency Director, Mary Wooldridge. The gender pay gap is a representation of how women and men are valued in the workplace. So it's the sum of all of women's salaries and all of men's salaries, um, and it looks at the difference between the two. It's different from equal pay, which is the same pay for the same type of job. It's a much broader representation of, of the value of women in the workplace. Okay, so that pay gap has narrowed from 14.1% to 13.3%. That's the lowest on record. I think, though, it still means for every $1 a male gets paid, it's $0.87 cents for female. So the question is, it seems like it's a move in the right direction, but to what extent does this have a disproportionate effect on women? It is a move in the right direction, but it's actually only pretty much the same as we were three years ago when it was 13.4%. So it's uh, momentum in relation to where it's come from over the last couple of years, but really just re-establishing the baseline, which we would need to reduce from further. And it's also important to say that this is the minimum gender pay gap because it's only base salary for full-time workers. And we know that... Uh, superannuation and bonuses and part-time work, uh, it, you know, favours women um, and they tend to be lower paid roles. So the gender pay gap is probably substantially more, but this is a representation of where it's at. Uh, and that difference of um, 87 cents in the dollar uh, in terms of what women earn compared to men, especially at these high inflationary times, really puts a lot of pressure. We know women are very stressed in terms of managing uh, their budgets uh, and the challenges there and this gender pay gap just exacerbates it further. Look, there's a number of things that need to be done. There's no silver bullet, but what we know causes the gender pay gap are three main things. Uh, it's bias and discrimination that women experience in the workplace from recruitment to retention and promotion and pay rises. Um, it's also the time women spend out of the workforce and we're not going to change some of that, but enabling women to work flexibly, part-time and having parental leave that supports their return to work can make a big difference. And thirdly, we have one of the most gendered industrial structures in the OECD uh, and we have feminised industries that are lower paying and masculinised industries that are higher paying. And we need to break some of those gender stereotypes uh, and really use the full capabilities that women have, um, both throughout a range of industries, but also at those more, those more senior roles. And this gender pay gap, what does it mean in terms of trying to attract and retain female talent and the implications for diversity and, and the, the positive outcomes for diversity within an organisation? 
Well, I think it's a, an incredible opportunity for employers to demonstrate uh, that they're committed to gender equality and, and broader diversity and inclusion. Uh, so we will actually be publishing as the Workplace Gender Equality Agency uh, individual employer gender pay gaps at the beginning of next year. There's some legislation in front of the parliament and we're optimistic that will be supported. Um, so companies will have to actually account for the gap that they have between how they value men and women uh, and employees and potential recruits will be able to vote with their feet in terms of um, where are the really inclusive workplaces, where do they value women and men equally um, and where do we want to choose to work as a result of that information. Mary Wooldridge there from the Workplace Gender Equality Agency. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.